0: Hi, and welcome to the Athena Rising podcast. I'm Dana. I started a journey long ago to heal myself and I want to bring you along. I have a master's degree in counseling, plus certifications in Reiki, regression, and hypnosis. My goal is to help women heal our unique emotional pain by showing you all the ways that exist to do just that. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves, we are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Every Tuesday, I'll introduce you to guests, topics, and modalities that will inspire you to try something new on your path. Let's get started. On the show today is Candace Dalton, a professional medium. She comes from a long line of mediums in her family, and you may have seen her on the Ricky Lake Show in 2013, or on Focus TV's show called Sip in the Tea, on Monica the Medium's podcast called Wine and Spirits, or on several different radio stations, including Fun 107 in Massachusetts, WBSM 1420, and Spooky South Coast Radio Show. She has studied under James Van Prague in his School of Mystical Arts, and she also has her own oracle card deck called Messages From Above. In this episode, I get to ask her everything you've wondered about how a medium works, what kind of spirits come through, how she experiences them, the advice that spirit gives on healing the grief that we hold when a loved one passes, and some of the major misconceptions that she faces on a daily basis about her work. Candace is unfiltered, honest, so relatable, and so funny. I just know you are going to enjoy this one. Um, I'm just going to have you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do for a living.
1: Sure. So my name is and I'm a medium. I'm 29 years old, and I was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, and I now live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I've had this gift as a medium since I was a little girl, but I just really didn't know what I had. I just thought I was a really good guesser. I was really good at knowing what was going to happen, but I didn't know that there was a name to it. When I was young, my Auntie Pam passed away as my mom's sister. And when she passed over to the other side, I remember hearing her voice and you know, she would tell me to tell my mom these things because there was suspicion to her passing. Mm. So I would tell my mom and she'd be like, Candace, you're seven years old. How do you know this? Are you listening to my phone calls? So I kinda had to like I don't know what to say. So I kept it to myself and A few years later, my mom had a surgery that she had to go under for, and during her surgery, she saw her sister and her father standing right before her. So it was this amazing experience, and I remember after her recovery, she called my Aunt Maureen, which is my dad's sister. They're one of nine kids, big Irish Catholic family, and if you're from Boston, you got to have at least nine kids to be a true Irish Catholic (laughs) family. So... At the time, I remember hearing my mom, she was talking on the phone to my Aunt Maureen and saying her experience, that she saw her sister, saw her dad, and I couldn't understand why my mom was just telling Maureen, so I had to ask. And I said, Mom, why are you just telling Auntie about seeing Auntie Pam and your dad? She's like, well, uh, Candace, Auntie Maureen's a medium. And I'm like nine years old at this point. I'm like, what's a medium? She was like, well, she can connect to the other side. And boom, light bulbs went off. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what I have. But I didn't want to say I do, too, because at that time of nine years old, the copycat thing was around.
0: So I was Mm. like, I don't want to
1: be a copycat and say I have that, too. So I kept it to myself. I suppressed it. I really suffered with panic attacks and anxiety attacks about dying. I didn't want to die. I feared what would happen if I died with would, would the world go on forever without me. And it was very, very debilitating to the point that I developed OCD and washed my hands about like 40 times a day. Cause I was scared that if germs got on my hands and it got into my mouth, I was going to die. So luckily I got help with that and I'm much better. I can lick the floor now and be <laughs> fine, but I choose not to lick the floor. So, um, Fast forward to when I was 14 is when it really started to come out after my cousin Sean passed away. He passed in a freak accident working underneath his car. And he became my guide and really started to get me to realize that I wasn't making this stuff up in my head, that I was actually a medium, that I did have this gift. I was a conduit, and I do have the ability to help people. So I really didn't come out of my spiritual closet until after high school. I went to cosmetology school, and I went to Paul Mitchell in Rhode Island. And these were all new faces. I didn't know their names. I didn't know where they came from, so I really didn't care about judgment. So I remember one day, uh, word really sped, spread very fast. So that was a medium. So for 11 months, I was talking to the dead. I wasn't doing hair at all. Failed my license test, the whole nine, and it was the best experience that could have happened. I'm happy to have paid $20,000 to <laughs> go to cosmetology school to talk to the dead because it helped me. It was this playground for me got me to learn it got me to understand how to connect it got me to be comfortable with who I was because I really didn't know who I was nobody knows who they are throughout the high school and, and those college years and so I started to really find myself and what I was able to give to other people so but I had no idea that this was what my world was going to be like was to be a medium and that is my quote-unquote job while I'm here on this earthly life and I'm so happy and you know, got so many opportunities and got to meet so many amazing people. And I've been doing this for over 10 years now. And that's kind of my long story short yeah. <laughs> as to why and what I am and where, how I became into doing the medium work.
0: That's so incredible. And um, I opened up on my Instagram page and I texted a couple friends who I know, are curious about mediums, but are like a little nervous to go to one. Cause I wanted to get, I've been to multiple mediums. So I wanted to kind of address some questions that people might have who have never experienced a medium before. So I'm kind of curious, do you see spirits um, like in front of you with your eyes or do you see them in your mind's eye? How does that work?
1: Sure. So this is a great question. A lot of people ask this is how do you see them? Do you hear them? Can you touch them? Uh, luckily I'm so glad that they don't walk through my door and like walk in while I have like my just underwear right <laughs> um, so I'm able to see through my clairvoyance meaning that I don't see when uh, your loved one just walking into my room or into my house it's almost like when you think of a memory or a flashback that's how I'm seeing the other side is I'm getting those quick pictures that quick movie and sometimes it's super clear and other times it's not it just depends on the energy and how we're able to connect to one another how I'm able to hear them is through my clairaudience audience. So I'm able to hear them, but almost like you're on your cell phone, but the reception's cutting in and out. I'm hearing bits and pieces of what they're saying. Um, And I'm going to have to basically interpret what they're saying. And they give me, like, a database of names. They give me symbols, things. It's almost like shorthand for me on the other side and how I'm able to understand it. And then through my clairsentience, I'm able to feel. So I'm able to feel how they passed. I'm able to feel their emotions and their feelings. So there's three different ways for me to really connect. Um, Sometimes I can smell if, like, they smoke cigarettes or if they loved alcohol or if they love weed. You know, that's something I'll smell too. So, uh, yeah, those are my three ways of really connecting in, and it's taken a long time to hone in and create a symbol book,
0: a mm. shorthand
1: book on the other side. I'm still, to this day, I'm going to always be creating new symbols and stuff with spirit.
0: And is that as new experiences happen in your life, you can then draw on them um, to make connections to people that have passed? Is that how that works?
1: Yeah. So when I experience something new, so for instance, you know, the other day I was um, connecting with somebody and their baby was possibly going to have some type of um, possible like um, defect. Mm. Um, and I could feel a pinch in my neck and I've never felt that before. And I guess that meant chromosomal, like a, if you're going to, like if the baby was going to have Down syndrome or um, kind of a chromosome, I forget the terminology to be honest with you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that's a new one for me. Luckily, thank God, the baby's fine and healthy. um, But it was just like my, uh, you know, the back of my neck, that was something very new. And I definitely take experiences with me, if that's what you mean. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've been through some different experiences, and then I'm able to go to that. So there's definitely been things in my life. So when I am connecting to spirit, sometimes they'll draw me back to a memory to understand what they're saying so if it's like a drug addict I can understand that or if it's seizure I can understand that or if it's a a bone cancer I can understand that um a murder I can understand that so because those are experiences that I've had in my life so they'll do quick little flashes for sure just so I understand
0: yeah I've heard other mediums say that um that they're like drawing on your frame of reference you know your own experiences is what they draw on
1: Yeah, so frame of reference is huge, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that it makes total sense because you're supposed to experience things in this lifetime, this earthly life, good and bad, Mm -hmm. and I can say for sure that when I was a medium and I was pulling through people who passed of overdose, I really didn't have a lot of compassion towards that because I didn't understand it. I never had gone through it before. I had judgment about it, and Mm -hmm. then I went through it myself. With, uh, you know, I was in a relationship with somebody who became a drug addict. Mm. And it was a big eye opener. My judgments, you know, completely fell off. And I'm glad because I was so ignorant towards it. And now I can have more compassion and understanding and what people go through with addiction and what their families go through. And so I can really relate to it and just be able to bring in the fact that they had a challenge here. It doesn't mean they're bad people or they're Mm -hmm. not quote unquote junkies. You know, people just put these labels on people and now I'm able to experience it myself. So I am very open to experiences even if they're good or bad when the bad times happen like there's a reason for this and we're going to be okay but there's going to be a lesson with this so just take it so it's definitely has um well-rounded me and has evolved me into a better human
0: Mhm. yeah I love that you were able to release that judgment because sometimes it still is hard even when we have an experience so uh, yeah that's you amazing know, you know that was when I
1: was you know 19 years old so it was just I never was around drugs, just never was introduced to it. I was very, in a good way, sheltered. So, you know, when people say drugs, they're bad. So it's like that person's bad. But now it's like I have a completely different outlook on it for sure.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this. Are readings with you better in person or online? Um You know, I had a friend ask me, like, well, how could you possibly do a reading online? Like, how would that even work? And I was trying to explain to her that spirit is everywhere. Like, you can tap into them no matter where you are. Um, But I wanted to get your take on that.
1: Sure. So I can completely understand where she's coming from. Like, how does that happen? And Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, well, there's dead people everywhere. For me, I love being in person just because I want to be able to grab your hands. I want to Mm. give you a huge hug. It's easier for me to maneuver the room and be able to get to people and break through their loved ones. But as long as I can see you, I can't do phone readings. They're just not for me because Mm. I'm such a clairvoyant to see that here we are together right now doing this interview through Skype. I see you. So it's easier for me to see spirit and then I'm able to connect. I just enjoy more being in person, just because it's a little bit more personal, I can give you a hug and whatnot. Um, I'm a super touchy person, I love to just hug everybody and everything, so... I think that it's a great question and spirit is just as strong whether you're through the computer, through the phone or in person. They're there. You're just the conduit in giving those messages. Some people do phone readings only and that's awesome. That's their way. Um, They might just be more clear audience and they're hearing all Mm. of that. So it's definitely different for everybody but I can do online and in person as long as I can see the person.
0: That makes perfect sense. So before someone would have a reading with you or any medium, really, is there anything that can be done ahead of time to prepare or to make things go smoother on the part of the client? Sure. So I tell people before coming to an event, the best thing to do is to come without nerves. And I know that's so much. Easier it's so hard, yeah. Because I get it. If I was going to some
1: crazy blonde chick who said she could talk to the dead, I'd be like, <laughs> arm her up. Yeah, right, bitch. Like, okay, <laughs> And uh, I just would be super defensive because it's a very sensitive subject. Somebody's tapping into your world in a very, very sacred place. So mm. when somebody comes to my events, the best thing that they can do is just have an open mind and open heart. They can totally come skeptical. That's okay. As long as they're open to it, they're open to receiving. Um, I tell people to leave it up to spirit on the other side because it's not up to me. I'm just like the mailman. I pick up all the mail and I go drop off the mail. Next door neighbor might have 10 packages and you might have one dinky piece of paper because <laughs> that's what's happening that day. Um, so the easiest thing to do and some people you know you're more than welcome to meditate you're more than welcome to pray to your loved ones and to bring them forward so at every single one of my events i make sure that i have everyone close their eyes and we do a little meditation just to kind of wind down from the day release the nerves the stress the fears the doubts and to release anything that's no longer serving you like your to-do list your worries anything with work or relationships because that can block your energy with stress and with your worries. So I try to release everybody before the event starts. So they're a little more comfortable with themselves and that they're comfortable with me too.
0: Yeah. So can you speak more to the kind of anxiety and fear that people might have during a reading? Um, you're right. It is so personal to have, um, a reading and to have someone know things about you, um, without knowing you, you know what I mean? Um, so what are some things that you would say to someone who is really nervous about having a reading or is scared or is like, oh my God, our spirits going to follow me around and watch me in the bathroom now? Like those kinds of fears, you know? <laughs>
1: totally. I mean, that's such a normal thing to feel is anxiety or fear before you go And I immediately tell everybody before they got there that I don't tell the deepest, darkest secrets. So I'm not going to tell out loud if there's things that you've been holding on to for a long time. spirit knows when to keep it quiet. And they know when to stick to that boundary. There's definitely, you know, when someone comes with anxiety or fears, just know that that's normal. I tell people to laugh, cry, shit yourself while you're there. So if you're going to shit yourself, go for it. I've had people throw up at my shows. I've had people... Their water's broke and they're about to give, you know, a baby on the floor at my event. It's really fun. But I just tell people that no matter what, there's no judgment whatsoever at an event. And I can probably speak for most mediums. They don't want you to ever feel scared. Um, at least reputable mediums, I could say. And they want you to come for healing. They want you to come for lightness. And so coming to this, cry as much as you want. I'm not going to judge you, and I'm not going to be freaked out that you cry so much. People do cry immediately because there is so much stress and there is so much anxiety in the beginning for them when I call on them and be like, hey, your dad's here. It's like, and yeah, freak out. They're, They're bawling. They're shaking. It's so normal. People sweat. I'll hug them like your back is soaked right now. It's all good. So for people who do get that anxiety or fears, make sure you're going to a reputable medium, first of all, and making sure that you are going in with knowing that you are safe, that you are protected. And if anybody ever feels like super anxiety, I tell everyone, no matter where you go, imagine yourself in this beautiful white light. It just surrounds you. It's this beautiful ball of white light. Ask St. Michael to protect your white light all throughout the day, all throughout the morning and the night. And just ask that you only ask for the highest and the best energy and you're good, you're safe. So definitely there's so many ways that people can, deal with their anxieties and fears before going, it is completely understandable. I have definitely not seen a lot of mediums because it freaks me out too, to be honest, because I don't know what they're going to say. Are they going to say something that bothers me afterwards? Are they going to say something that is going to freak me out? I completely get it because I'm a human too, for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Have you ever had an experience where someone's anxiety blocked you from being able to deliver the message, like their fear about it? kind of shut it down or is it that like messages are so strong no matter what that they can come through do you know what i'm trying to ask like yeah okay
1: so for me when somebody's really nervous sometimes i'm like i can tell you're really nervous aren't you and they're like yeah and i'll just crack a joke with them to kind of like get them to calm down like i'm cool don't worry nothing's gonna happen to you Mm -hmm. i'll probably say something ridiculous i swear a lot and i'll be like you know i wish i brought my my vape pen for you to smoke or maybe you a <laughs> glass of vodka right? so I get people to relax um, and I'll tell them like I know you're super nervous I just want you to take a nice deep breath and just let it go And they'll start to, like, kind of chill, crack the jokes again, and then I start to bring through the messages. Mm. So it can block it, for sure, um, but more so for skeptical people who are trying to prove me wrong. Mm. So when skeptics are trying to prove me wrong, like, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for you. There's somebody else in this room that might have a child that's passed. There's somebody here that hasn't connected to their dad or their mom in 40 years. Or maybe there's someone here who just lost their grandmother who was, like, a mother to them. So if they're going to come in skeptical and they're going to try to prove me wrong, bye. Get out of my way. I got other people to help. So I, in the past, would try to prove them wrong because that was ego. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show them, like, hey, look what I can do for you. Uh, then I realized, okay, that's ego, canvas and that's not really helping. And there's other people there who are open and willing to receive. So the people who are coming in that direction – Trying to prove me wrong, I don't have time for you anymore. So, I really learned about that and that ego can definitely block shit for sure. Uh, But yeah, I can definitely see how anxieties uh, can definitely block it. But for the most part, I get people to wind down and relax and then they're able to open up.
0: Gotcha. So, in a group setting, um, would you say that the messages that need to be heard the most somehow make their way through? you know, like, is there like, um, I'm not quite sure how to phrase this, but like, do spirit kind of line up so that like the people who really need it kind of maybe go first or it, it gets in there somehow? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Is that how it that's works? And I like how
0: you phrased it too, because that's not easy. Like, is there a lineup? Is, like,
1: right. <laughs> So before every show, I ask all the angels that are going to be there tonight to please help one another, mm. that um, whoever really desperately needs a reading tonight, please allow them to step forward first. And it doesn't always go that way. Um, not, not saying that nobody's messages aren't important, uh, but I just hope that the angels on the other side will help each other, which they always do. And I've had it totally opposite where... I might start to bring through some grandparents and some mom and dad, and then at the very end of a show, I have a child come forward. Mm. But sometimes it doesn't mean that they weren't important or that angels weren't be- like that they were being selfish or anything like that. They uh, say the son that was coming forward might have had some rambunctious energy because they were so excited that I had to tell them to slow down, come back when you're like a little bit more calm because. Mm. The heaven side is such a fast, fast energy. So imagine Alvin and the Chipmunks times 10. So it's like, and I'm like, whoa, slow it down. So I got to get them to relax, and I got to raise my energy to meet them at that crazy energy level. I'm already a hyper person as is, so it's not that hard, I guess, to get to that hyper level. But uh, it can totally range in different ways, and... You know, the angels on the other side, it's not always the children that are going to come forward first, it's not always the moms and dads that are co- going to come forward first they all work with one another and it is shocking sometimes to me when I'm like, you know, hear an email afterwards like, you know, my son didn't come forward is he okay, I just need to know he's mm. good I'm like, oh, and it breaks my heart because I'm like, oh god, I'm like I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. and I had to learn that that's not on me and it's up to spirit, and that I have to trust that that son feel so connected to their mom that they don't feel that they have to come through medium to validate themselves or that they were truly helping other kids that night to come forward so I've had to trust that that's what it is and it's not because that they're lost in the shuffle or anything like that
0: yeah I've seen Teresa Caputo um, twice um, in kind of her stadium tour and something I love that she says at the beginning is If anything tonight resonates with you, take that as a message from your loved one also. And so, um, of course, you're like sitting there and you're like, oh, God, I hope she picks me, you know, but I there were a couple times when like someone came through that was um, that died the same way my grandmother did or the message was similar to what my grandmother would have said. And so I took that and I said, you know, what? I'm going to take a piece of that. And that's my message for tonight. I understand that there were other people who are grieving much more than I am right now and so they needed that message and um so I just wanted to throw that in there for anyone listening. Um yeah. because you can pull from someone else's story and sure. find yeah. healing.
1: Yeah, there's triple connections that happen all the time where I might be in a room with three moms that have all both all three of their sons passed from overdoses mm. and they both start with the
0: J. Or wow them start with the like the letter J. Yeah. And I think
1: Directly before you, I want you to take it home with you because there can be triple connections or double connections. And I don't always pick that up because I'm just a human and sometimes yeah. I can't connect it myself.
0: And there's only so much time. <laughs> you can't,
1: if you did readings for everyone there, <laughs> yeah, I never leave. One person with one microphone. It yeah. It feels like Black Friday shopping. But it, like, <laughs> enters the doors and it's like holy shit stampede,
0: and Ugh. then it starts to wind down, and I'm able to focus a little bit more. So I'm That's sure. A great I love that you've seen Teresa. I haven't seen her yet, but I would love to see her in action. So. Yeah, it was fun. It was um, it was pretty cool. I've seen her twice, and uh, the second time was right after she like injured her knee. I think she tore like her a- not her knee, her ACL, and. Oh. She- that girlfriend she was still up there in her glitter heels with her knee brace on i was like <laughs> you are just <laughs> I'd be amazing I'd be in super yeah and i know. like pj's I'd be like hey, everybody PJs. here i am for event, so. yeah Good for her. that's awesome i know it was amazing <laughs> <sighs> so kind of on that vein of um healing and grief i kind of want to know What are some of the general messages that you hear over and over again from spirits about how to heal grief? What are some ways that people can do that on their own?
1: Of course. There are so many different ways that spirits come forward. The first thing that I always hear is like, if you're laughing, I love when you laugh. Like Mm. That makes me feel so good. When you're crying, I want you to know that I'm right here with you, right next to you. And that spirit can separate themselves and be in different places at the same time so they're not just with one person or they're not at the cemetery that's just their parking spot and so with grief i tell people do things that bring you the most joy when it comes to your loved ones so if you guys always went to the same lake house every summer it might be hard that first time but if you feel connected to go there go there if you Mm -hmm. don't feel like going there don't go there Uh, when it comes to holidays I find the message of celebrate if you want or don't, that there is no rule that you have to celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Thanksgiving, whatever it may be. I want people to know, you know, from spirit that they would rather you do something that makes you happy. If you'd rather go to Florida during Christmas and act like it's not there, go for it Mm -hmm. because that's what's good for your soul whatever makes you feel good. If you're having a shitty day, have a shitty day. That's okay, too. You can't always be positive. You can't always be happy. You can't always be the one trying to, you know, be the glue and lead the way. So there's definitely been many, many uh, ways of showing love from the other side, like from spirit with grief. And those are pretty much um, a lot of constant messages that I get like, Hey mom, I love when you laugh. It's amazing. And it's okay. If you want to change my room, you don't have to keep everything there. If you want to keep it there or it's okay, honey, you can sell the house, go for it or keep the house. Um, there's definitely, um, a lot of the same messages that come forward because a lot of people go through the same stuff all the time Mm. and some of it's sad and some of it's great but it's definitely those are some of my strongest messages when it comes to healing your grief um, but definitely doing what feels right for you that day and that there's nothing wrong with laying in bed and being in your pajamas and, and watching trash tv that's cool if that makes you happy that keeps you calm go for it if you need to get out in nature go for it you need to just, you know, take a step out the door, see the sunshine, go back in. That's cool, too. So there's so many ways, but there's nothing wrong with how you grieve. There's no limit to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Um, Just having a counseling degree, um, I dealt with grief a lot, and I would do grief groups for children, and I would tell them that all the time. Like, you... Follow your gut. Like if you just don't feel like doing something, don't do it. Don't push yourself. There's, there's no healing that's gonna come from doing something out of like feeling like you should. You know that that is never gonna help. So I love that. That's what you tell people. I
1: love that you helped kids through grief because. Kids grieve just like adults grieve. And and maybe that they're able to bounce back a little quicker and some don't, and that's just Mm -hmm. like adults too. Some are able to bounce back a little quicker. Not saying that grief leaves you, it never leaves you, but how you're able to deal with it. So I love that you also gave them that advice because I think it's so so important. Especially, you know, why would you do something that doesn't feel good anyways outside of grief?
0: Yeah. I know and I do think that there's a lot of judgment in our society about how you should be grieving like if someone's not crying at the funeral you think something's wrong with them that they don't care or if they're crying too much you think oh dear god like she needs to get over this yeah I mean there's a lot of judgment in our society and so I think trying to dispel that is really important to tell people you can grieve however you want to grieve it's okay
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. you know when to a concert, someone might be screaming and yelling and singing and others might just be smiling and clapping. Right. Very different. So everyone reacts differently and everyone has to have a little more understanding, a little bit more compassion towards how people react. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to react the same. You've got some hard asses and you've got some softies. This is why the world's different. This is why the earth journey is different because everyone is unique and different.
0: Absolutely. So, um, I have to ask this because I, my podcast really serves women. Um, of course men are always welcome to, to listen, but I just feel this strong pull to help women heal. And so I'm curious if you see any, um, patterns in the messages that women get, are there some messages that women might receive more often than men?
1: Interesting question. When I was, thinking of this question because um I know you had sent me the questions I was like wow that was a really good question I don't think anyone's ever asked me that um when I connect with women um sometimes I get the same for men but mostly women I will get from their loved ones on the other side I'll be like you're single aren't you yes I am and you've been single for a long time and you just haven't been looking for anybody right Mm. right well, now it's time to open your doors because your loved ones on the other side are trying to bring you this beautiful person in your life. So I will get that message quite often. And um, because I think women especially need love. Like uh, they need that that hmm. partner. And this isn't saying for everybody. And this isn't a dependence thing. Sure. Because we want that love. Love is beautiful. And women really, really. Um, receive a lot of messages from the other side it'll be a grandparent coming through a mom and dad or a brother and sister and they're like hey you're not going to be single for long don't worry you're going to get laid so I will get those messages but um, I would say that but I definitely have received those messages from men too mm-hmm. um, more so for women but I'll look at a guy I'm like hmm, so what's going on with this relationship right now you're just kind of hanging out with some chick but you don't really like her they're like you know. I'm like, okay. Well, time to go, and it's time to move forward, because if you have that door open, another door cannot open at that same time for that same avenue, so time to chop, chop. So those are definitely some of the messages that I've received from four women, especially as love, is like, you can just feel it, you can see it on their body, that they're just kind of heartbroken, that they don't mm. feel complete, so they don't feel like they're worthy enough, and that breaks my heart. Because I was there at one point too. I was single for four years, and I was young. I was in my like my mid twenties. But it was not until I was twenty seven that I met, you know, the love of my life. And I remember that feeling of being like, I'm so not worthy. Nobody looks at me. I'm not going to have a good, solid relationship. I'm not going to have that life I want until I change my attitude. So, mm-hmm. and I changed my my way of manifesting. So that's definitely the questions I get.
0: You know, that actually lines up statistically. Um, I remember in my graduate program, one of our professors teaching us that when you are dealing with um, remarriage, that men will remarry much faster than women because women provide a support network and friends and family, and they create, um, you know, the holidays, and they'll decorate the house, and men want that again after their partner has passed. But women, on the other hand... Tend to feel more like sad. And I mean, men aren't providing that quite as much for women. That's just a reality of our society. And so, yeah, so what you're saying lines up like statistically (laughs) with what what actually happens. So, well, that's really cool and really good to know about those just
1: statistics because it makes complete sense. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that I'm getting those messages so often like you're not going to be alone and Mm -hmm. women want to give they want to have this beautiful life and be able to nurture and provide and that and those in so many different ways and you're totally right that society now you know I think social media completely f's up the whole connection true connection to somebody and meeting somebody because it's all based off the freaking phone and it's sad and and guys are easy to just be like okay cool good enough and yeah, And I see that a lot with, um, you know, somebody who has lost a spouse. I see a lot of wives don't usually date again for a long time, or they don't remarry for a long time. That's not to say for all. Mm-hmm. But men will remarry, like, the year after or three years after. So that's really interesting that you say those statistics.
0: Yeah. I can't really remember the exact number, but I, rem- I distinctly remember being taught that in a class, and I thought that is really fascinating. So. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, definitely yeah so another question um and this came from a friend of mine and i thought this was really fascinating she wanted to know if there's a hierarchy of spirits on the other side so like um loved ones who have passed angels guides ascended masters and if if anyone higher ever comes through when you're doing readings for people
1: sure so there's definitely levels for sure of the angels, so like you mentioned, the ascended masters, these um, guardian angels, and spirit guides, and uh, loved ones who have passed over. Um, there's definitely been times where all of a sudden I can, I'll get a flash of light as I'm talking to somebody. and am like, oh shit, I just saw purple, this purple light like fly right past you. I'm seeing this light, indigo light. That's St. Michael. So they're here to protect you. Or I'll relate it to like, are you like in, you know, public service and helping people and putting your life on the line? Yes, I am. So I will sense that and see that around them. Once in a while, I will feel a spirit guide. I'm like, holy shit, are you like. I can feel like a Native American around you. You don't have Native American in your in your heritage, right? Nope, okay, well, that must be your spirit guide. And it freaks me out, because I'm like, oh, wow. Um, and then I have brought through people. They're like, I'm with Jesus, I'm with Jesus. And I'm not a religious person. My mother's Jewish, my father's Catholic, wasn't brought up as either. Um, celebrated both, but mm-hmm. wasn't brought up in a temple or a church. So I really don't know much about the Bible. I don't know anything. And... So that's really the kind of stunt, like it stuns me when that stuff comes forward. Um, and so, yeah, definitely those Ascendant Masters or the Guardian Angels and Spirit Guides can definitely come forward and kind of show some guidance, show their support. It's really cool. It kind of freaks me out when that happens.
0: <laughs> I'm so sure. That's a, that's a really cool question. Yeah, it's probably almost like a celebrity comes through or something and you're like, oh my God, have you ever had a celebrity come through?
1: Yeah, so celebrity spoken <laughs> before. Um, Rich Cronin from LFO. New kids on the yeah. Back. Yep, he's come forward, and I had no idea until her, <laughs> like, after the reading. She's like, "This is my son." She pulled out those huge posters you get from the magazines,
0: like from Teen Bop or something. Oh my God. Yes, and I was like, "Get the fuck out!" Oh my God. <laughs> So that was
1: definitely one that stood out to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of the top of my head right now who else has stepped forward. I've had people from, like, the crime cases, like, uh, oh, Whitey Bulger. Yeah. Forward. That, that's like,
0: whoa. Known,
1: you know, these victims are known. Uh, that definitely comes forward and freaks me out. But it's a good freak out. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, this is cool. I mean, they're human. Um, mm-hmm. But also known because of the situation. So, yeah, they have come forward.
0: That's really cool. Well, we sort of touched on this a little bit, but I just want to give you a chance to um, maybe address some misconceptions or misunderstandings that are out there about mediumship. And I think there's a lot of them, um, but I want to give you a chance to kind of maybe hit on some of the bigger ones.
1: Sure. So I'll start off with um, even the difference between medium and psychic, too, Mm. because I think that's important. People get that mixed up and it's easy to mix that up. Um, and then I'll also talk about the misconceptions people have about mediums. Okay. that they think that they're witchy or that they're, and there's nothing wrong with the witch stuff, but that, that, that old school mentality of like, they're the devil. I've been called the devil before. Like, Oh, you're, you connect to the devil.
0: You're, you're connecting and you're being, you know, Oh my God. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh. It's just like, man, I don't believe that. I don't believe that the child that
1: I just brought through for a mother and validated Right. <laughs> so, um, maybe the devil when they have a ton of sugar. And to <laughs> so, um, the difference between a medium and a psychic a medium is a conduit for spirit for the afterlife, and that they're able to bring through messages and validations and be able to connect to their loved ones just like they're making a phone call to heaven a psychic is able to see the past present and future mostly for like careers and love and even things that they have gone through in their past so I do have um, the psychic side in me but my mediumship is higher so in order to be a medium you must be psychic but if you're psychic you're not always a medium so Mm. that's something that people um don't always pick up so a lot of people will be like oh my god you're a medium tell me something about my life and I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not really my forte. If
0: I <laughs> the lottery number, I would. Trust me, I would have already played a million times. Right. <laughs> so the misconception that people have with
1: mediums is that they're fluky or that they're full of shit or that they are just there for the money. Um Yes, there are 100% people who are fluky and crazy, just like anything else in this world. Everyone has a fake something or other, in whatever department you're in. Um, and what people have to understand is that, yes, we have this gift from God, amazing, beautiful gift that I'm so grateful for. But in order to live on this earthly life, I need money. Money is a staple. It, it, it's what gets us through this lifetime. And... There's a way that you can go about money. You can be greedy and ask for money, or you can be just so grateful and have abundance to support you in this lifetime. So that was something I suffered with because I grew up with, we didn't, you know, my parents worked so hard, but they were young when they had kids and we, you know, struggled um, financially big time. And it put a big, you know, fear in my life, money. So now I've learned that, you know what, I've got a roof over my head, I got clothes on my back, I can eat whenever I need to, and I can actually do and you know, extra activities and that is such a blessing. So I see when people say, Well, you should be not charging. You shouldn't be charging. This is a gift from God. Like, okay, well, how about those surgeons? That's a gift. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. gift they get. Are they, they should absolutely be paid because they're saving lives. How about entertainers? They leave their homes and their families, and they tour the world. Yeah, that sounds like a beautiful, crazy lifestyle, but really? That's a stressful lifestyle, and they deserve to get paid. Or how about going and seeing people throw a football around on the field? They work their asses off, and they train and train and train, and they have to leave their families, too. And they deserve to be paid. It's it's entertainment, yes. Um, but that's something that I believe people need to understand is that even if you have this gift from God, it is beautiful, but that you deserve to have abundance from it to live. I have to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i got to pay my bills, too. So that's something, a misconception that people have a lot, which used to bother me and now it's just like you know if you don't get it you don't get it Mm -hmm. and I'm not here to try to prove you're wrong and that's where I had to check my ego too so um another misconception that people have about mediums and psychics that they're just making it up which I understand you know that's something that you know when I meet other mediums and psychics I get to test them out too myself (laughs) like are they just saying they're a medium psychic because it's something that's more up and coming now and it's becoming more um accepted in the society you know are they just saying it because of the thrill of it or are they legit so um I only judge in a way of like okay are they really compassionate are they full of love and light or are they doing this to try to get more Instagram followers Mm. that's kind of how I see it so there are so many different misconceptions but those are the ones that I see mostly and I try to show people especially through my own podcast that I'm a human first My medium billies come second and it's a great, beautiful gift to have, but that I need to live my life and that I'm real. I like to smoke weed and call it a day, you know, like just like anybody else. So, um, yeah, those are just some of them that I can think of in this moment.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's great. And I love the point that you make that you deserve to be paid too, because, So many, I mean, all of the things you listed, the other careers, they also are a talent. You know, there's really nothing. I mean, it's an ability. It's a talent. It's a gift. um, And we all deserve to live. And if you aren't able to pay your bills, you're not going to be able to do this work. And your work is so healing for people. Um, Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to take care of yourself.
1: Yes, I need to always continuing to do body work so i had to pay somebody to give me reiki i had to pay somebody to give me shiatsu i had to pay somebody to do a mani-pedi because i can't have some gritty ass fingers while i'm touching other people <laughs> and holding their hands yeah um i gotta you know pay someone to do my hair just to kind of look presentable in some way because you're not gonna go to somebody who has greasy ass hair and flakes coming out of their head, and be like, oh God, they head you know um you and i'm not sleeping there's no way that my gift could survive ever
0: right i'm an empath myself and um working in the counseling field i had no idea how to protect myself at the time and i would be so exhausted after a day of work that i could literally barely like crawl to my car that's how i felt and um so i just think that mediums and empaths who do this as their life work They actually need more self-care than the average person. So all those things that you're saying you do for yourself are so important.
1: It's so true, and I give you a lot of credit for being a counselor because I tend to be an ear for a lot of people, and I love it. But again, empath, you take everything in, you soak it in, you're like a sponge, and not mm-hmm. even that you're intentionally trying to. It's just because you feel for them and you want to help them and you understand, mm-hmm. even if you haven't been there, you have so much empathy towards them. So yeah, it's exhausting when you're in that kind of energy field. There's some people like my boyfriend's awesome. He's just like boom, like can't touch me and just <laughs> can go through a crowd, doesn't feel anything. I'm like, oh, he's <sighs> <gonna> be better, <sighs> be he's yeah. And then I'll be like, I'm feeling shit. And he's like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I just, anybody who goes through, who's a counselor or even does things that, you know, if anybody works in the NICU and they see babies mm-hmm. passing, I pff, couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. So I give it everybody who does service for people, yep. I definitely agree with you that they need a little extra body
0: work. Yeah, any type any type of service, and that's partly why I became certified in Reiki, was honestly to do it on myself, yeah, <laughs> and my kids, oh my and my husband, I mean, truly. That's
1: amazing that mm-hmm. you are aware of that, and I, I do the same thing, I'm always covering my heart yeah, and my solar like- plexus, yeah. <laughs> touching every little part of my body, Yeah. my boyfriend has his hand on me, I'm like,
0: oh, you're sending me Reiki, and you don't even know you it. You don't even know it, yep. <laughs> Ah, I love it. Well, on the note of healing, um, I would love to know what your healing journey is like and what kinds of things you've been able to heal about yourself.
1: Sure. So going back to the struggle of of finance, Mm -hmm. like with my family and watching a struggle and, you know, we lived in a two-bedroom house. Me and my brother and sister shared a room to going to, um, you know, Just not having anything and just seeing my parents work their asses off. That definitely was a struggle. And still to this day, every once in a while, I'll get like a freak out moment. Like, I'm not going to have enough money to pay my rent. I'm like, no, you will. It's Mm -hmm. there. So that is something that I've had to heal myself was that my journey is my journey and I can manifest how I need. But no matter what, you always are backed up. I'm still breathing. I'm still Uh living. I'm healthy. And that's something that I have to kind of repeat to myself. It's like my own mantra. I'm like, I'm breathing. I'm living. I'm healthy. My family's safe. My friends Mm. are safe. I'm good. So I look at those things. I also had to go through a period of knowing my worthiness. I didn't think that I was beautiful enough. I didn't think that I was fun enough. I felt like I was just this piece in a game really. I didn't feel like I had a place that I didn't feel like I had a foundation. So I had to work within. And it was just one day where I finally was like, you know what? Enough with the shit enough with the pity party Candace. because this is who you are. This is the body you were given time to love it because nobody else is going to love it. Like you will. So mm-hmm. you're going to treat your body like as if you have your own child and you love them unconditionally. So I started to change my life by working on my physical self first. So, uh, well, I'll backtrack to that. I really worked spiritually first. I worked with a counselor. I've seen her for ten years. She helped me immensely to find my worth, and uh, to find trust in other people because I'd been cheated on. I had money stolen from me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, dealing with a relationship when I was with an addict. That was just a lot of trust issues. Gone, 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 gone. and. Learning that I'm here to live for me and not anybody else, too. I'm not here to save anybody else's life. I'm here to give, and I'm willing to give you my love and support, but I cannot pick you up if you're not willing to pick yourself up. So that was something that I had to learn as an empath, because we want to pick up everybody. We want to pick you up. We want to we want to show you, like, you have all the potentials in the world. You can do this. Come on. But you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. So... That was something else that I had to learn is that everybody else is on their journey, and you just can't be picking up everybody else before yourself. So I had to learn that it's not selfish to take care of you first Mm because I'm a very selfless person where I want to help everybody else. But if you're helping everyone else first, you have nothing left for yourself and you're burned out, and then you can't help anybody else, then you find yourself in, a, in the mud, you're like, okay, I feel like shit, so um, another thing that I worked on was my physical body, because I felt limited in my body, I felt not healthy, I felt like I couldn't move myself, I felt like, again, I, I didn't feel good walking out the door in my own skin, so I was like, let's do this, let's change your diet, let's exercise every single day, The dopamine in my brain went haywire and amazingness. It felt really good. The foods that I was eating changed my life because when I eat sugar and carbs, bad carbs, forget it. I feel like a log. I feel just not happy. It changes my mood. So that was something I also had to work on. And then I had to work on manifesting my life. I had to learn to change my vocabulary and the way that I state things. Mm. So I would be like, I don't want to date an asshole. No, well, I'm going to go date an asshole now because that's exactly what I just just talked about. I also want to change the I don't want this and I don't want that to I want this and I want that because I deserve it. And if you don't believe that you deserve it, it's not going to happen. And if you're not grateful towards it, it's not going to happen. So one day I sat on my couch and I wrote lists. It was under uh, love, what I wanted in love what I wanted in career and what I wanted in in other things. And it had to be detailed. So I tell people all the time, if I were to say to you, Hey, I'm going to build you your dream home. You have unlimited amount of money. Explain what kind of dream house you'd have. And if you're like, okay, well, I want like a three bedroom house and I want a flat screen TV with a fireplace. All right. I'm going to give you this tiny ass three bedroom house. (laughs) yourself does and it sounds so corny like oh i love myself like no do you really like this is the one body you'll get in this lifetime so why don't you love it because what's the point of going against yourself that is just going to ruin your life and you are able and i'm so happy that i have arms and legs and i have a mouth and i have eyes and ears and i can see and feel i have all my senses so that is the most beautiful thing and now you can only really make it better and better from here by just loving yourself So that's definitely been my healing process and trusting people too because I lost a lot of trust and um, I thought I would never trust anybody again. I thought that everybody was a liar because I was lied to so badly in a relationship and I was put in really bad situations where drugs were in the car and I had no idea. The car wasn't registered. I didn't have any idea and that could have totally fucked my life over. Um, So I had really like a lot of anger of trust so my way of trusting people was like you know what people are going to show you immediately now you're very aware when your red flag goes up you trust that red flag when your gut says something to you you trust that gut so I have learned that it's okay to step away and that you have to you know just take people for who they are you can really set your boundaries Mm
0: -hmm. well you just dropped like 5,000 truth bombs I don't even know where to start (laughs) (laughs) yep first I want to just thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing those things about yourself with us because I know that's not always easy to do even though I know you do it on your own podcast and in your own life I just I want to acknowledge that and thank you for that and um I also really firmly believe that the things that cause us pain in our life lead us to our purpose and that's just what I was hearing in your story and um I think when we do that, when we find our purpose and we walk it and we live it, we are supported and abundance flows to us and we are surrounded with people that are good for us and who want the best and who bring out our highest and best. And so um that's what I was hearing in your story, was the thread that went through all of that is you found yourself and you are reaping the benefits of it, <laughs> you know? Yes, thank God and I'm mm-hmm. glad
1: that You know, at the time, I was so angry, and I was angry with God. Like, why did you put me through this? I don't deserve this. I help people all the time. Mm. I help them. Mm-hmm. Passion it gave me understanding, and it showed me a life that I could have had, that yeah. would have been horrible, and that I made a choice for myself to walk away from that, and I live this beautiful life now. I'm so happy, truly, genuinely happy with my love life, with my job, quote unquote job, my gift, mm-hmm. um, everything that comes in, and now I'm like, woo, opportunities, let's do this. So. It just takes one choice. It takes that strength to walk away, to have that willpower, and your life will change.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. If people are listening to this and they want to connect with you, how can they find you, Candice?
1: Sure. So I'm on Instagram quite often, probably a little too much, but my Instagram account is healing grace, the podcast. You can follow me there. I love to interact, answer questions through my direct messages as much as I possibly can. Uh, you can also go to my website, candisdalton.com, And that's Candace with an A, not an I. And you can follow my podcast healing grace, the podcast. And on my website. I have Oracle decks available. I have events online and in person. I'll be in Massachusetts and New Hampshire in the beginning of May. So this might be a little too late for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of doing new things and working on new things. And I have something in the works right now that I'll hopefully have ready for before the holidays. And but yeah, um, and I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash medium Dalton. And it's a fan page, so you can like it. And I'm, Try to post as
0: much as I can on there, but it's mostly Instagram. Yep, I feel like Instagram is where things are going these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my favorite
1: form of
0: social media because I just love pictures, you know, pictures, pictures, pictures. Me too. Well, thank you so much. This was incredible. You are such a light, and um, I'm just so grateful that you are out there living your purpose. We need more people doing that. So thank you for Thanks
1: that. So
0: much. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, you for so being here. You're awesome.
1: <laughs> I'm out to me because i love just helping other women i love helping people but i know just vulnerable too and ready to like help other women i think it's just so powerful
0: yep. so thank you so much for having me
1: and i'm, I'm glad that we got to do this me I'm so too
0: honored. i hope you found information clarity or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at athenarisingpodcast.com or at athenarisingpodcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.